Welcome to the MILF Bod Podcast. Mindful, intuitive, lifestyle, fitness. An all-encompassing wellness resource for women featuring some of the most successful, influential mothers and experts out there. I'm your host, Cherokee Luker, mother, model, fitness trainer, and wellness enthusiast. Join me as we dive into all things MILF. Hey guys, hope you all had a wonderful weekend. Welcome back to episode 31. I'm here with Caitlin Dumlumpinar, who has been a listener of the show for a while and was kind enough to reach out to me to suggest that I open up the conversation around parents who have children with special needs. Caitlin's son, Atlas, was recently diagnosed with autism, so I invited her on the show to speak on her experience and journey in dealing with his diagnosis. Although Caitlin has gone through some really difficult experiences in her life, from ending a 10-year relationship to losing her first pregnancy, to finding out the diagnosis of her son's autism, to being diagnosed with cervical cancer herself, Caitlin remains grateful and positive throughout all the trials and tribulations that life throws at us sometimes. Her strength and positivity is so admirable, and she just sets such a great example for anyone out there going through anything tough in life. Caitlin's attitude is inspiring, and I'm just so beyond thankful that she was courageous enough to open up and share her story. This conversation is heavy, yet so lighthearted at the same time. We talk about listening to your intuition, the power of yet, the importance of kindness, remaining grateful. Caitlin's top five makeup products, and so much more. I'm so excited to introduce to you all Caitlin Dumlumpinar. Enjoy, everybody. All right, you guys, calling all creatives of LA or anyone traveling to the LA area in need of an event space, photo studio, content location, video space, production services, or grip services. Issue Studio is a unique photo, video, and event space, and Issue offers full-service production in an exclusive, intimate, and private boutique environment. The space is so beautifully curated, you guys, and I can't tell you how many shoots I've done at Issue that have turned out to be some of my favorite shoots to date. Not to mention a bunch of amazing events I've attended over the years where the studio gets completely transformed into the best atmosphere for the perfect party. Also, you guys, the wallpaper in the makeup room is absolutely iconic and it's perfect for the Instagram feed. So I highly recommend Issue Studio for any brand or any influencer looking to elevate their image. It is seriously the most beautiful studio I've ever shot at. And I've shot at a lot of studios here in LA and it's just so clean. It's centrally located. There's a huge parking lot, which is huge here in LA. So go check it out at issuephotostudio.com to find more details about how you can book this amazing space for your next photo shoot, video production, content creation, party, event, whatever it is that any of you creatives need here in LA, Issue Studio has got you. So go check it out. Thank you so much for being here today. And also, thank you so much for reaching out to me and giving me that suggestion because 
I have a friend whose son is also disabled and I've been trying to schedule an interview with her and we've just been kind of like missing each other schedule wise, but I definitely want to open up this conversation and this narrative. So I really appreciate you even willing to come on the podcast and talk about this because I know that it's a very difficult subject, I'm sure. It is. So yeah, you reached out to me and you said that you're a listener of the podcast. So thank you so much for the support, number one. And you also said that you would love to hear from other mamas who are kind of dealing with a similar situation as you. And your son was just recently diagnosed with autism and he's two, right? Right. Yep. So definitely. I reached out to you and I was so pleasantly surprised to get your message back and have you invite me on to talk about Atlas. So you're absolutely correct. He turned two in uh, March. So he's my little Pisces baby. I'm also a Pisces. So we see eye to eye. You know, not only am I his mother, but I'm also a fellow water sign with him in Pisces. So definitely we get each other. But yeah, so it's it's been a journey discovering and learning, you know, things about this diagnosis and it's just opened up a whole new world and whole new set of challenges and beautiful moments and we don't have a crystal ball, but we're a strong family and it's been an amazing but challenging situation to be in. Yeah, I'm sure. Well, thank you so much for being vulnerable and opening up about it because I can't imagine how challenging it must be. But, you know, I can imagine that these moments in life that challenge you, it builds character, it makes you stronger. And it also makes you appreciate the little moments and the beautiful times that you have together. Oh my gosh. He's just the best thing. I never really wanted to be a mom and get married and all that. And so I feel like it's the place I'm meant to be in. And I'm just so lucky to be his mom. Like he chose me and you're only given what you can handle. And you know, we got this. I have a strong family unit behind me. So we're just, we're so lucky in that way. That's such a powerful mindset to have too. And I admire you for being in that mindset and just being able to harness that strength because not a lot of people can handle it. But like you said, like we are given what we're able to handle. And so there's a reason that you are Atlas's mommy because you were meant for this and he chose you for a reason. But I would love to kind of back up and learn a little more about you. And then I would love to dive more into your motherhood journey and everything that's going on with Atlas. He is so adorable, by the way. Like, <laughs> Thank you. I would just sit there and stare at him all day. He's gorgeous. Thank you. He's like a sliver of me and all of my husband. If you saw a photo of him and my husband like next to each other at that same age, it would blow your mind. They're twins. I think he literally just got like my curly hair, which that's like it. And he is, um, he's my little Turkish delight, but I'll get into why I call him that. So yeah, my name is Ian Doom Lupinar. And I'm originally from Chicago, Illinois. I'm a shy town girl. I grew up in a Northwest suburb called Barrington. And I played tennis and went to the country club when I was younger and been a tennis player for almost my whole life since I was about four. Even oh, wow. Taught it when I was younger too. Just a big part of my life. I'm like a big advocate about playing sports and, you know, moving your body. So something I always enjoyed. 
My background personally is more with makeup. I worked for MAC Cosmetics for like 10 years. They got a good decade of my life. I worked from like 20 to 30 with them. So I've always had a love for makeup, always had like a knack for makeup. I still do makeup, weddings and things like that for friends. So I think I'll kind of fast forward. (laughs) Lived in California for a while before I actually married my husband, Sanjar. I was with someone for 10 years. What happened? We lived in Chicago together. We moved to La Jolla, California together. He was from San Diego and I met him through a mutual friend. And we, you know, had this great connection and stuck it out together for 10 years. And we were in the middle of planning a wedding and I just kind of pulled the plug on the whole thing and figured to myself that this wasn't the right person and I wasn't in love. And it took me reaching really, really deep to do that. You know, that's huge thing to call off a wedding. I had the dress, we had the venue. I actually got married in the dress still, but that, <laughs> but that's a whole other story. So held on to the dress, but not the man. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think it was the best decision I ever made. You know, we have all these trials and tribulations that lead us to our present beautiful life. And so kind of closed the book on that relationship. And, you know, just started doing the crazy dating thing. And I was, I think, 31 and, you know, just having fun in Arizona. And my husband, or, you know, at the time I didn't know him, he direct messaged me on Instagram. He slid in. Slid in the DM. And it's like, I don't know what we're going to tell Atlas when he's older. Like, did we meet in the grocery store? Like, (laughs) by the time that they grow up, I feel like that's just going to be like, how most parents meet. That's how Josh and I met too. No way. Okay. That makes me feel better. But he messaged me to like go to breakfast and in the same message, he invited me to Mexico to go whale watching. And I'm like, you know, laughing with my girlfriends, like he thinks I'm going to go to Mexico, but I actually did. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously um, had a great first breakfast date and we moved fast, me and my husband. Like he gave me a key to his place within a week. So cool. That's kind of similar to Josh and I too. I feel like there's something in the air in Mexico that kind of just like makes people fall in love maybe. Quickly. Yeah. Did you guys get a dog too? Cause we did, we got a dog there. <laughs> so he had a dog and I had a dog and our dogs came together and they became best friends. I love it. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's funny. Like We were in, I think, like Punta Final, Mexico. Like I said, we drove there and camped on the beach. And we had to drive like 30 minutes to get Wi-Fi. We went to this little market Mm -hmm. and there was like this little uh, fenced-in area of puppies. And he like comes over to me with this puppy and he's like, do we want this dog? And I'm like, what? And of course, sure. It was the cutest thing in the world. And yeah, we ended up getting our little peach And uh, I always say we snuggled him across the border instead of smuggled. We snuggled him. He was literally four weeks old. And so like we're his mom and his dad. And we actually met his mom and dad. (laughs) They were there. It's just such a great story. And he's just, he's a big part of our family and our lives. I love it. I want to back up a little bit where when you were talking about your 10 year relationship that you were in and how you kind of had everything planned out. I'm sure that it was something inside you, like you're, you were listening to your intuition telling you like, 
clearly something's off. This just doesn't feel right. And I think that that's so amazing that you had the courage to actually listen to it because so many women in that position would have probably just kind of ignored it and like pushed that feeling aside and been like, well, the whole wedding's planned. Like I have my dress, like, you know, running through their head, all of these things. Right. But the fact that you were able to listen to it and be like, no, this isn't the path for me. I'm going to choose something different. And now you met the man of your dreams because of that, which is amazing. I think that's such an important lesson for everyone to take away from. I mean, anyone that knows me too, is really, really hard for me to confront that. And I could have definitely just walked down the aisle and married him and, you know, just figured it out. And I realized like that would have been selfish. Like I need to let this person know, like, so we just parted ways and wish each other the best, nothing but love and respect. You know, it's always great to end on terms like that. I'm so lucky, you know, that well wishes were on both sides. And like you said, I, I met Sanjar who, you know, when you know, you know, as they say. So he's amazing. He's Turkish. So his name is like Sun in a jar. So it's Sanjar. So we obviously had to give our child like a different name. We had to give him a, you know, something unique. So I never really like wanted that motherhood title or to be married and all these things. Like, that's why I didn't get married to my ex. I'm like, this isn't what I want right now. Like we just weren't seeing eye to eye. And that's partly why I broke off a 10 year relationship. So when I met Sanjar, that all kind of changed. And he is such a family person and he has three sisters and I always say it's probably why he can put up with me <laughs> um, in my, you know, my, my high maintenance mints, if, if you will. Oh, that's beautiful. So then how long after you guys were together, did you end up getting pregnant and were you trying to get pregnant? Cause like you said, you weren't really, you know, in that mindset of wanting to become a mother. So were you planning or how did that happen? So I actually have had two pregnancies and the first one was I got pregnant in March, 2020, which was like COVID just starting to like sprout, right? We're just hearing about COVID and um, found out I was actually pregnant in Las Vegas on my birthday. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. Really just (laughs) not fun. Um, We were on a road trip and I just didn't feel right. I, I took a pregnancy test and I was pregnant. And it was amazing because that was probably about a year after we had met each other. And I was like, okay, I'm excited. And I saw how excited he was and it, it just made sense, right? So I started to really like, you know, kind of feel into it and be like, okay, like this is amazing. This is, you know, going to be so great. And I see a future with this person. So why not? Let's do it. So um, unfortunately... It wasn't a healthy pregnancy and I miscarried. And this is kind of a wild story. I had a DNC, which obviously, you know, is, you know, the removal of that. And that was very traumatic. I found out about the miscarriage while I was at my 12 week appointment, you know, your first appointment and there was no heartbeat. Oh my God. My heart goes out to any woman that's ever experienced that. There's just no moment like it. It it crushes you and it broke me down a little bit. So yeah, that pregnancy ended up, you know, not coming to term or, you know, progressing healthy. And I actually was having a DNC and I couldn't take a conference call from my job at the time, but 
I was laid off from my job <laughs> while I was having my DNC. <laughs> no way. So it wasn't a good day. <laughs> it was not a good day. I'm so sorry. Um, yeah, but I just share that because, you know, it's like, wow, when you think like things couldn't get any worse or you're in that moment, it's like something else happens and you're like, okay, it pulls you back a little bit. It takes you back. So, you know, honestly, it wasn't a job that I loved. And honestly, at the time, you know, what I was going through with losing a pregnancy was way more catastrophic to me than losing my job. So what was your job? I was in retail. I was just a manager in retail at a clothing store. And, you know, the climate of retail and everything happening with COVID at that time, they just closed shop. So I came to, I got out of my, my surgery and one of my peers, one of my friends was like, yeah, (laughs) they just laid us all off. So, but that was okay. I was able to like take time and heal from that. You know, it was all kind of, you know, meant to happen, I think, because everything just got so much better from there. And the reason it did is I got pregnant three months later. Amazing. Um, with Atlas. It was so exciting. This will probably blow your mind. I got, I found out I was pregnant in Nevada for the second time. <laughs> we were on a road trip. Oh my goodness. I'm like, what is it about me and road trips and pregnancy and stuff? <laughs> so yeah, we were at a friend's house in Tahoe and at the lake all day. Didn't feel good. Mm. Went into their restroom and I'm pregnant in the state of Nevada for the second time. Wow, (laughs) that's so funny. That's so weird how it works out like that. Okay, so how was your pregnancy with Atlas? Was it was it difficult or was it pretty easy? Like So I did not enjoy being pregnant, even though like after having that happen, we were overjoyed. We were like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. It happened so quickly. Because we both like kind of realized like we wanted this. We lost it. And once you lose something, you kind of know like whether it's something you want back. So we were so overjoyed. But me personally, my anxiety and my stress level, you know, like leading up to that first appointment and that ultrasound was so terrifying. And it was COVID. So, you know, going to appointments, I was going alone. was so crazy. Yeah. And going through what you had to go through too with losing your pregnancy. I mean, that takes such a huge toll on your emotional state, your mental state, just everything. And I can't even imagine the anxiety you must have had. Oh, it was was crazy. So I requested like an ultrasound pretty early on because I just, I needed it. Not hearing it the first time and then... I had a lot of, you know, prenatal anxiety. I think I, I held a lot of stress and anxiety my whole entire pregnancy, just every appointment, you know, is everything going to be okay? Right. I mean, I think I used my at-home Doppler like a million times just because I was in that like worried state of mind. So yeah. I didn't let myself enjoy it as much as I wish I would have. And I get it. That's so understandable. So what was your initial reaction when you had your first ultrasound with Atlas and they were, they told you like, yep, everything's good. Like, here's his heartbeat. Like, how did you feel? Do you remember in the moment or were you kind of just like overwhelmed? I started crying immediately. I mean, it was music to my ears, you know, hearing that heartbeat. And she was so cool. She's like, 
She's like, let's call your partner. And I'm like, yes, please. So I was like, oh my God, honey. And I FaceTimed him. So that was my confirmation right there that everything's going to be okay. And like I said, I didn't enjoy being pregnant. I, you know, I like to move my body. I like to kind of have control, you know, like, and when you're pregnant, you, you let control go. Yeah. You kind of have to, because biologically you can't really control because you're literally growing a human inside you. So that's a hard thing to get over in your mind. Did you guys do genetic testing while you were pregnant? Yes, we did it. I think they did it at 12 or 13 weeks. I can't remember. And they did it, I think, in partly because of my age too. I elected to do it, but I know they do it if you're 34 and up or 35 and up. It's something that they, you know, talk to you about. So yes, we did it. And that test came back completely normal, which was great. And they told us the sex of the baby, which was kind of exciting. You know, usually you don't hear that till 20 weeks or whatever. So that was cool that we were able to hear that. I thought I was having a girl the whole time. And then here we are with a boy, but I'm like such a boy mom. So that also made sense in the end. (laughs) Love being a boy mom so much. So yeah, having that genetic testing, I had it done too. And I feel like they can't always detect autism with, with that testing, right? It's more for like Down syndrome and more severe things, I think, right? Right, right. So hearing that and going into, you know, your child developing and everything, you you kind of like remember that and you're like, oh, well, everything's going to be great, right? right? He or she's healthy and I got that confirmation. This was something, you know, your head doesn't go to developmental disabilities and learning disabilities, you know, until you're kind of faced with it and you, you're you observing it. So yeah, so to your point, yeah, it, it doesn't always detect that. There's new things emerging. We're constantly learning about autism and it's kind of more mainstream now, you know, things are kind of coming out, you know, with celebrities that have it and you know people are getting diagnosed later in life so it's very interesting to me because it's such a large spectrum and I feel like you can fall at so many different levels on the spectrum so like what are some of the signs that Atlas started showing that you started observing that kind of like put up a red flag in your mind or caused some concern like yes obviously the first like first couple weeks and months and everything, it's all a blur. Right. I didn't really start personally noticing. And I was the first person to notice, like, and I kept it kind of all inside. So I'll put that out there, you know, definitely like lack of eye contact, very limited babbling. So I started to really notice like signs. I mean, I would say around a year old, yeah. around 12 months is when I started to see the signs. And lack of gestures, you know, babies clap, they try to point to show their mom or their dad something, mm-hmm. you know, they may even pay attention to like when their name is called, right. things like that. So I just noticed with Atlas that those things weren't really consistently happening or there was a lack there of happening, especially with the gestures. Right. He wasn't waving. He wasn't doing those things, that milestone things that you know we all as moms and parents and we all kind of go to that checklist, right? right? 
it takes you back a little bit, you know, and it was difficult because, you know, you're like, maybe that'll all happen, you know, in those early months. And, you know, in that first year, you're kind of like, he'll be fine. You know, things like that go through your head. Yeah. And I kind of kept it on the side. I really uh, didn't mention my concern to anyone really other than my best friend. Mm -hmm. I confided in her about it. I'm like, you know, there's just something that, you know, he was such a happy baby and like adorable and looked up at mama. And you as his mother, you know, like it's your mother's intuition. You know him better than anyone. Totally. And I got on the Google train, left the station, and that was part of my problem. You know, I was a full-time mom, which such an amazing job. I'm still a full-time mom. You know, it was so rewarding and so special to be with him 24-7. So like you said, nobody knew him better than me. So yeah, so just those little things that, you know, could just kind of, they all kind of built up to... As he got older, you know, he's starting to play and do all these things. And, you know, there's these milestones again with speech and the way they play with other children. And Mm -hmm. again, eye contact. So we just noticed little things. And my husband, you know, I kind of mentioned, you know, hey, you know, it doesn't seem like Atlas plays like the same as other children at the playground. You know, he he kind of likes to sit and chill and play with his, you know, rocks and his stones, which typically developing children love to do as well. But it was just more like repetitive with him, you know, because autism is a disorder of communication and repetitive behaviors and things like that. So I kind of was just putting the pieces together. Yeah. So you just kind of have to say to yourself, what's the step I take as a mom? If I have these, these fears and I have these feelings, you know, what do I do next? Yeah. Are you glad that you kind of like kept it to yourself and like internalized it? Or do you kind of wish that you had had somebody to talk to with more? But I mean, you said that you had your best friend who you reached out to and kind of confided in, but yeah, how did you process it all? She was really great. She has a little boy too. He's 10 now. And you know, that you confide in those other moms that have been through things like you and, you know, your best friend likes to put your mind at ease, right? They kind of like to say, it'll be okay. You know, everything's going to be fine. But she also encouraged me and empowered me like, hey, if you if you feel like there's something not right, you know, do something about it. Like, I know you, Caitlin, you'll take the reins. So his 18-month appointment, you do a checklist, right? You do yeah. that developmental checklist. And that was super tough. And I knew taking Atlas to that appointment that they were probably going to come back with saying that he was not on track, right? So that was a super difficult appointment for me to even step into, but it was kind of the breaking point. And it just, it's the reason we are here today where we are is because, you know, I was very honest on that checklist. You know, you have to almost not see it through a parent's eyes. I know, because as a parent, it must be hard to like swallow your pride and to admit that, oh, maybe my child isn't hitting these certain milestones or isn't developing the same way as what you would think the typical child is developing at or at the rate that they are. Right. So it must have been hard to admit that. But that's a very good yeah. point to bring up is like you have to be super honest because then, you know, you're not going to get the correct answers. 
Right. Yeah. It's almost as if you were seeing your child through someone else's eyes, you know, which is so hard. And that is hard because you want to be like, well, he kind of does that sometimes and did it, you know, but no, it's got to be a definitive yes or no. So our doctor at the time, um, she just kind of said, you know, I'm going to suggest speech therapy, you know, because at this point, Atlas wasn't saying any words, just a little bit of ma, you know, and, and just really, really slight little babbling, but nothing compared to what the CDC milestones are. I mean, it's, you know, gut-wrenching as a parent, you know, when you read these milestones and you're like, oh my gosh, okay, my my little one's 18 months, he's supposed to be saying 25 words, you know, and they're saying none. Yeah. So that was tough. You know, that was tough for me and my husband. Like we would go to the park and we'd see other kids talking and playing and and doing all these things. And I always knew there was something special about Atlas. Like, you know, I looked at him when he was like three months old and I'm like, this kid's going to be something. He's special. There's just something different. Yeah. And different in a good way, you know? So we threw that milestone checklist out. I think that's important to do too, because sometimes you can get so caught up in that. And I think it just causes for more stress and anxiety. If you're like looking at that checklist and comparing to other kids and like, you know, kids vary in their development too. So, I mean, I'm glad that you were able to just like throw that out the window. Yeah. I mean, I just started to like sit back and this is pre-diagnosis. I just started to sit back and be like, you know what, when I'm at the park and he's you know, having fun, doing what he's doing. That's his fun. You know, that's how Atlas wants to play. I'm going to let him do it. So yeah. So me and my husband had, you know, some open conversations about it. We had our concerns and we had our moments like, oh, okay, I think he's fine. I think everything's okay now. Um, You know, and then we'd go back and forth and back and forth. So once you kind of go through this 18 month checklist, the doctor will suggest that you talk to like an early intervention in your state. So that's what I did. I was not a wait and see type of mom in that moment. I was like, all right, let's, yeah. let's do this. So I picked up the phone, you know, you call for services and that's also challenging too. You know, you just want to watch your child grow and develop and celebrate. And then you're like, okay, he might need a little extra help. And that's okay too. That's totally okay. So we, we did that. We got him in um, some early intervention therapy which is called occupational therapy. Mm -hmm. And we just had this amazing therapist come out to the house through the state. Every state has their own way they run it. And in Arizona, it's free. But yeah, we had this amazing occupational therapist come in, which occupational therapy is just kind of helping with daily skills, you know, just like playground things. And um, if Atlas had any sensory, if he got really excited about something, we just kind of troubleshooted those types of things. And this was before he got diagnosed. Yes. This is around 18 months. Okay. I love that you took action. I feel like that's another good thing to take away too for any parents out there who are maybe noticing some signs of their children. I think it's so important, like you said, not to just like sit back and see and wait. I think it's so important to just take action immediately because what's the worst that can happen? It can only help you. Absolutely. And it's not easy, you know, it, don't get yeah. me wrong, doing that was not a simple thing to motivate myself to do. But when you're a mom, you're just like, 
have to do it. Um, and if you want to wait and see, that's fine too. Everyone's got their own, you know, way they want to tackle things. But that OT therapist was actually the one that suggested to me and my husband, he's like, you know, and he did in the most polite manner. He said, you know, have you guys ever considered getting an autism assessment? Mm -hmm. And in that moment, like my world kind of came crushing down a little bit because I don't think somebody else had ever verbalized, you know, approached us. Yeah. So, and that was kind of my moment where I was like, okay, I might be onto something. And I just thanked him. You know, that's such a hard thing for, yeah. for that therapist to probably approach us about. So I just thanked him and I said, you know what? Thank you. I have had a little bit of mother's intuition on that. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to definitely follow up and, and see what I can do to get, you know, Atlas an assessment. So thank you to that therapist. You know, that was life-changing just because that was the push. Absolutely. You know, that I needed. Mm-hmm. So that kind of snowballed into all the things. I just kind of got on my phone and looked at different resources and used Instagram and used social media, kind of searched different moms with autistic children that really kind of helped guide me. It's kind of crazy. Before I was kind of didn't really want that to come up on my feed. I was like, oh, no, no, no. Right. And then now I was seeking it because these different accounts were just so, so helpful. Yeah. That's the beautiful thing about social media is that it can connect people in the most amazing ways. Like it makes you feel like, you know, someone without actually personally knowing someone. And it's so nice to have that community and people to reach out to. Yeah. So that was huge. So I, I found like a local mom in Phoenix and her son was going to a a school. He was diagnosed with autism. And I decided to, you know, get Atlas on the wait list because you call these places and it's so frustrating as a parent. There's all these wait lists. Okay. So, you know, we thought Atlas may have autism. We didn't know. We had to wait about four months um, Mm -hmm. to actually get that appointment. And that's a short amount of time. What? Yeah. I've heard, you know, six months, a year. So it's just, it's so crazy that you have to sit, you have to sit with that, you know, and you still have to parent, you still have to be positive and, you know, you, you try everything. So it was probably the hardest four months, but I I just tried to enjoy it, enjoy the moment and, and be present with him. And I don't believe in labels. You know, he's, he's Atlas. It doesn't matter. It wasn't going to matter. Exactly. So yeah, we, uh, we chose a really, really wonderful organization to do the diagnosis through, you know, can't suggest this place enough. Um, you want to find the right one for your family, find the right place that you feel good with, you know, to take your child to get evaluated if that's something that you're having any intuition on. Yeah. Oh, what is the foundation called? The acronym is SARC, and it's Southwest Autism Research and Resource Center. Okay. And I think you can go to autismcenter.org, and there's a whole slew of information about them. They're a nonprofit. They've been around forever. So I felt so good about it, and just everyone was so lovely through the process. And another thing, you know, I'd love to mention, like, it's so important, you know, when you're making these appointments and you're trying to get these therapies and speaking with these people over the phone, kindness, you know, kindness goes so far, you know, when you're speaking 
to these people because, you know, they usually talk to parents that are frustrated and mad and confused. And, yeah. you know, you just kind of have to really hold yourself together. Yeah. It really carried me through my journey with getting services quickly and getting this diagnosis and things like that. Kindness really paid off for me, you know, because they have to take a lot of emotional calls. So just really kind of holding yourself grounded and being respectful to them. It takes you so far in this process. Yeah. Wow. I admire you so much for your positivity and your strength. It is just absolutely incredible. Just talking to you, you just like ooze positivity and you're just like, yeah, you. you know, this is my son. I'm so proud of him. And as you should be, like, I like that you don't believe in labels because this is Atlas and this is who he is. And he's special in his own way, just like every child is special in their own way. I mean, everybody has strengths and weaknesses, right? Like autism is no different, you know? So they have you send videos in and then they do a parent interview. So that's kind of what the process was with Sark, who we did our diagnosis through. And then we spoke with a child psychologist and she took us through everything and asked us some questions and, you know, provided us with that diagnosis. And for me and my husband, he was sitting next to me. Like it was almost like a relief. Yeah. It was like, I wasn't crazy. And now we can take action. We didn't really get emotional. It it was weird because we kind of knew at that point and we just knew that we needed to support him and advocate for him. He wasn't speaking. He still is not verbal, which actually started to say mama. And he's starting to like emerge with words and things like that. So it's so exciting, pointing and clapping. And so it's just so, um, you celebrate so big with these, with these things that they do. And it's just so amazing to watch. I just never take anything for granted that, you know, as a mom or parent, when you watch your child do something like, when I hear his little voice, it literally just sends me to the clouds. I believe in the power of yet. You know, I believe in the power of yet. He hasn't done it yet, but he will. Oh, I so, love that. That's awesome. Autism, you know, it's a gift. It's just, it's just a little more difficult to open. Yeah. And I want to make a point too, like, like you said, it's a spectrum. Once you meet one autistic person, you've met one because they're all beautiful. They're all different. And They all have their own journey. Yeah. So when Atlas got his diagnosis, did they say where exactly he falls on the spectrum? Or is that kind of just like a a learning process and you kind of just have to, you know, wait and see? Or did they kind of tell you? Yes. So he was diagnosed a week before his second birthday. So we've known for a little while now. And to your point of where he fell, there's like levels, right? There's level one, there's level two, there's level three. Okay. So he was right in the middle and they base it off of, you know, two kind of counterparts, social and communication. Right. So he was a level two for both of those. And the interesting thing is that through his time and therapies, he'll be reevaluated again at five and things can change, you know? So it's such a unique thing. It really is. And there's also like a lot of things that you can do that I've heard of, like diet can contribute a lot to 
helping with autism. So are you guys taking some of those routes and those alternatives? I don't know a lot about it, so I can't speak on it, but I've heard that like, I don't know if this has any validity to it or not, but like a gluten-free diet can sometimes help kids with autism or yeah, just little things that you can do to kind of help with it. What measures are you guys taking, if any? Yeah, you're dead on. So Atlas is is somewhat of a picky eater. You know, that can be a characteristic, you know, that you have, but we're lucky. He's like, he's like a meat and potatoes guy. So I can't get this kid to eat sugar for the life of me. Wow. We're pretty lucky. That's amazing. I know. We try to give him ice cream. Like (laughs) it's a mother's dream. He doesn't want it, but it's good. We do, they say dairy free and gluten free, like you said. Because it could be something with their digestion. And I'm so lucky I'm in a mom's group that we we do like monthly Zooms and we do little happy hours and things like that. And it's a it's a really great community. Good. Yeah. I was invited in and oh my gosh, it's it's been so wonderful. You know, it's almost like an unspoken sisterhood. Definitely. Um, and they they put out great resources. A lot of them have dietitians that they use for their son or daughter. So yeah, we're looking into, you know, maybe having a nutritionist kind of help with Atlas, but for the most part, we do keep him dairy-free and gluten-free. Great. And you want to let him still be a toddler and still be a kid and enjoy pizza and things. But for the most part, it actually, we've seen a good progression with it. But to your point, yes, gluten-free and dairy-free is a suggestion that they will make. That's so interesting to me. And don't they say too that autism is more common in boys than it is girls? I've heard that. A hundred percent. I guess it's just easier to diagnose with them from what I understand. And to the point I was making earlier about it's kind of more in the mainstream now, they just changed the statistics. So it went from one in 44 children born in the US to one in 36 actually for 2023. Wow. So it's, it's on the rise and we don't know why we don't know why. When I went through the process of the diagnosis, they asked a lot of questions about my pregnancy. I like that. Like I want to know, you know, I want there to be an answer. And that's why I love being a part of this resource and research center. I think it's, it's cool because you can be a part of, you know, helping figure it out. Totally. I never thought I would have to, as a mom, I don't like to say the word deal with or go through, but it's like the the job and I'm up for the challenge because he's just so worth it. And you see these little strokes of genius that come out and you're just like, wow, it's so cool. He's the coolest thing I ever made. It's a beautiful and rewarding journey. I wouldn't have it any other way. He's just the best. That is so beautiful. I admire you so much. And Atlas is so lucky to have you as his mommy. Like seriously. Your strength is so admirable. All right, my MILF fam, as you all know, I'm always looking for ways to aid in becoming the most optimal version of myself mentally, physically, spiritually, and emotionally. And one of the things I do to support myself in doing this is by taking my vitamins every single day. And I know it can be overwhelming sometimes with all of the supplement brands out there. 
But one brand that I've been a huge fan of for years now is Wealthy. Two products I absolutely love by them is the Her and the Sweat. And they just recently sent me the Vision Gummies, which I am so excited to try and see the results from. Get it? See the results from the Vision Gummies? Which I think is so cool that they are pioneering advocacy for vision health because, you know, we're always looking at our screens every day. And it's something that I think a lot of people just put on the back burner and dismiss. But the HER is a great way for women to get their daily dose of biotin, vitamins A, B, C, D, E, calcium, hyaluronic acid, magnesium, and selenium. Just all of the great things that us women need and are probably lacking and it's all in one. And then the sweat is something I like to take before a workout to just help enhance my burn with the natural caffeine and there's also dandelion root in there to help with my metabolism and digestion. The quality of these supplements are just next level and I'm telling you, you have to go check them out. If you use the code MILFBOD, you get 25% off your first order when you go check out at imwealthy.com. That's code MILFBOD, M-I-L-F-B-O-D at checkout at imwealthy, I-M-W-E-L-L-T-H-Y.com to get 25% off your first order. Enjoy, everybody. If there are any mothers out there listening who are going through the same challenges that you've had to go through within the past year, you know, with Atlas's diagnosis, is there a piece of advice that you would give to those parents out there? Yeah, I would say, listen to your intuition. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Don't fight it. If you feel something or you notice something, it doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt to look into it, to educate yourself and reach out and get resources. If you, if you need to possibly, you know, get an assessment, like don't have the fear. It's in the best interest of you and your family for early intervention. If there's any question mark out there, I'd say I'd empower them to not wait and see, to kind of, you know, face it head on and talk to someone in their doctor and, you know, go from there. That's such great advice. I think that's really powerful to be able to do. And it must be so hard, like we've said a million times to do that. But like you said, it's like, it's your child. They are your everything. So it it doesn't matter. You'll do anything and everything for them. And he is just so freaking cute. Thank you. His laugh is like, you want to bottle his laugh up and just spread it all over the world. It cures any unhappiness. He's so easy too. Like I want to just you know put it out there. Like you know, there's all these misconceptions and things like that. He's just such a good boy, and he's so sweet, and he's got a wild spirit, and he's just so curious. And we're just so lucky. He's such a gift. He's just taught me so much patience and strength and balance of in motherhood. Yeah. I wasn't the most patient person, you know. Going into motherhood. So he's taught me. He has taught me the power of yet. I love that. He'll get there. He's at his own pace. Yeah. 
it's so crazy to think like you go into parenting and motherhood thinking that you're going to teach your kids all of these things, but it's the exact opposite. Like they're teaching you so much in return. Everything has changed from becoming a mother. I agree. The next portion, I definitely want to get into the acronym, but if there's something else that you want to say that I didn't ask you or didn't touch on, please. Well, I wanted to maybe go into, I had cervical cancer, like, and I was diagnosed when he was 15 months old. That is definitely something that I would love to discuss if you're open to it. Yeah, yeah. It happened when you were 15 months pregnant or when he was 15 months old? When I was pregnant with Atlas, I had a bad pap. Okay. So I had high grade level cells throughout my whole entire pregnancy. So I actually saw a oncologist during my pregnancy. And after I had him, they said, let's just have the birth. I had a natural birth, a vaginal birth, and they're like, it could kind of wash those bad cells away, mm-hmm. which eight weeks later in my checkup, they said, yep, you're all good to go. And the oncologist actually even high-fived me. Wow. Um, and he was like, oh, Atlas saved you, you know, <laughs> you'd washed all the, the cells away. And I was like so overjoyed to know after I, you know, gave birth and eight weeks after my checkup that we were all good. Mm-hmm. So after that, you go to... I think it's 12 months or 13 months, you go back and you do another pap after birth and stuff. So I got my routine pap and she was like, oh, you know, you should be good. Um, you know, should be no worry. I'll, I'll let you know the results. So she called me a week later and I was actually at one of my favorite wineries um, up north uh, in Arizona. And I stepped away from the table. I said, oh, honey, you know, I got to go. I it's the doctor, you know, I just want to make sure everything's cool, you know, and I had no inkling that anything was going to be wrong. And neither did my doctor, because obviously I had been to my appointments and had an oncologist take care of me my whole pregnancy, you know, monitoring this high grade level situation. And she said, you know, Caitlin, I'm so sorry, it's cancer. What? Yeah. (laughs) I was like, wow. Um, Okay. The world went blurry for a second. I was out to, you know, we were doing like a wine tasting, having lunch with our good friends. And my husband was there. Atlas was with us. And I just walked around the winery and kind of (laughs) just, did I just hear that correctly? And I kind of disappeared for like 30 minutes and started to get emotional and cry. I picked up the phone and I called my sister Mm -hmm. and I told her, you know, what just happened. And because nobody was more shocked than me. And My sister, who's amazing, she like literally got in the car and drove two hours up north, you know, and, you know, my husband and the friends we were with came out and they were like, what's going on? You know, and they saw me in this emotional, just torn up place. And yeah, I had to tell my husband that, you know, I was just told I had cancer and I was grateful that I was with people I love in that moment. And I guess I was lucky and I had a couple glasses of wine in me too. That didn't hurt. Um, <laughs> that probably helped. Um, yeah. So it's just crazy because that was something I never thought that would be a part of my life. You know, the same thing with the diagnosis of Atlas. I guess right. you know, things get thrown at you and it's just how you react. You know, I, I, I got emotional, got upset for a couple of days. And then again, I got into let's do this mode. Like what's the level of cancer? Like, you know, what am I going to do? What's my treatment? So I, I, 
again, you, you have to advocate for yourself. And it's wild. I was told I had cancer, but nothing else. You know, I was told it was cervical cancer. Mm-hmm. So I think I had to wait 11 days to get to a doctor's appointment. Um, this was the longest 11 days of your life, 11 days of my life. Again, you know, same thing with waiting for Atlas's diagnosis and that assessment, you know, to come to fruition, you have to have played this waiting game, you know, with such important things, but I guess that gives you time, you know, to process or time to prepare yourself for whatever the news or whatever's next. So um, I was very lucky. My cervical cancer was a stage one B1, okay, um, which was very treatable. So, you know, my message out there again is, is just please go to your checkups and take care of your body. And, you know, the wild thing is honestly, Tricky, I had no symptoms of cervical cancer. What, what I don't even know what the symptoms are. There's kind of a, a slew of them. You know, it could be certain types of cramps, bleeding that you just don't know why it's happening, painful intercourse. There's all these things. And as a woman, we just kind of have some of these things anyway. So it may be harder to notice and pay attention, but mm-hmm. getting your, your exams are so important. But yeah, I was given some treatment options. And one of the questions they actually asked me is, are you going to have more children? Yeah. So I am so very lucky. Number one, that I had Atlas, right? That I had my baby. Uh-huh. He's the reason I uncovered this cancer, right? He literally is my angel. Oh. You know, if I hadn't had him, I probably wouldn't have been taking care of myself and going to these appointments during COVID. And Yeah, you wouldn't have been so able to catch it as soon, I'm sure. I probably wouldn't have, to be really quite honest with you. I just wasn't really that great with like keeping up with those types of checkups, you know? So he kind of put it in the forefront and kind of saved my life. So, you know, they asked me, do you want to have any more children? Mm-hmm. And like I said, number one, so thankful that I had my baby and he was here and all those good things. And the second one was that me and my husband decided that we didn't want any more children. Yeah. I kind of feel almost like a little bit of pressure to have another one. And it's not that I don't want to have one or anything like that, but it's like society almost puts this pressure on you. Like if you have one, they just automatically assume you're going to have another one. It's like, that's always the first question out of somebody's mouth is like, oh, so when are you going to have another one? It's like, well, I don't know. Let me just enjoy this one first. Yeah, it's 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 crazy. I'm like, was so thankful that me and Sandra had had that conversation before this was all introduced because it was, you know, chemo or radiation for an option or to have a radical hysterectomy, which is just taking all those parts, you know, parts I'm quite fond of, you know, (laughs) I kind of like them, you know, I carried my son, the uterus and, you know, my cervix and all those things. So, um, you know, it was so easy for me. Yeah. Because you had already made up your mind. You were like, oh, there's no question. Of course I'm going to go that route. I don't even think I looked at my husband. I think I literally just looked at the doctor and I just said, that's what we're going to do. Yeah. You know, I need to be here and healthy for Atlas. Exactly. You know, let's get that bad shit out. You know, like let's do this. Yeah. I had my surgery July 5th of last year. So we're coming up on a year of. Yeah. Almost a year anniversary. Wow. Congratulations. Yeah. So thank you. Yeah. Having that happen when your child's 15 months old. 
I was like, oh my gosh, what if I don't get to see my baby grow up? What if I, you know, these crazy thoughts went through my head and then I just got rid of them. And I'm like, I'm going to be good. I'm going to just be as strong as one can be. And we're going to get through this. And we did. We're good. I'm, I'm cancer free. I've got all my checkups done recently and I'm a healthy mama. So there's nothing more beautiful than that. (laughs) Congratulations. Thank you. And thank you so much for sharing that story too, because I feel like you're just setting such a good example for anybody going through anything in life. It's just wild talking to you because you are such a positive person that you would never guess that you've been through all of these, you know, what some people would label as really difficult things because they essentially are in life, but you would yeah. never guess it because you are just so positive and you just radiate this like great attitude. And I feel like everybody can take away from that. And I think that it's so important to just stay positive, stay kind, like you said. And I mean, Atlas, he literally saved your life. And that's so beautiful. He did. He did. Oh, he was so meant to be mine. Gosh. Him and my husband are just the the cutest things together. And like I said, he's my little Turkish delight. I love that. Yes. He's beautiful from the inside out. We're such a lucky family. There's so much amazing things in the future for Atlas. He's doing so good. And good. Um, I just got him into a, a preschool. It's an inclusive preschool. So it's four autistic kids. And then all the rest are typically developing, quote unquote. But they all go together. Oh, I to school love that. And it teaches, it teaches acceptance. It teaches a message I just also want to bring is, you know, Teach your babies to love my baby. You know, teach your yeah. your babies to be friends with my baby. You know, it's it's so important for the awareness of of autism that you know we all just need to love and support each other. So, this preschool is, is going to be so good for him. So, like you know, you just said your child started today. Like, yeah. it's such a big deal. It um, really is. You know, so, and I love yeah. that they have those inclusive preschools. That's really cool too, because I think that other children being exposed to other kids with autism. Like for example, Hunter was watching, he loves Daniel Tiger. So he was watching an episode of Daniel Tiger the other day. And one of the characters on there had autism. And I think that it's so great to show that inclusivity and for kids to be exposed to that as well. So that way they, they know how to interact with maybe somebody who has autism or is developing slower than them or or whatever. I think that it's so good that he'll be in that environment that he can have the people that you can connect with. And I think that's so beautiful. Isn't that cool? It's, it's such a cool concept. There's actually only six of these types of schools in the United States. They need to do more. Yeah. It makes me have hope for the future, you know, that, we all are equal. So I think that's just a big takeaway. Like everybody has their strengths and weaknesses. And, you know, like I said, autism is a gift. It's just a little more difficult to open. So his future is bright. That's all I have to say. You can just tell too. Like, I know that some people find it so weird when I say this, but like, I feel like I'm very just in tune with energy in general. And I think that even 
looking at somebody or someone through a phone, uh, through a screen, like you can read somebody's energy through the screen. For example, whenever I look at a photo of Atlas, I just like, I feel so much like warmth and love that comes through the screen. And I know that sounds weird and stupid and maybe cheesy, but like, no, no, you're so spot on. Yeah. His, his energy is just so, so beautiful and pure, you know, and he's not able to, you know, talk yet. I, I hate to say that he's like, but he communicates and radiates love. Like that's all that matters to me. Yeah. He knows how to show the love. He doesn't say I love you, you know, or any of those things, but I know he does, you know, so communication can be in so many different ways. Right. Exactly. Okay, babe. I want to know more about you because you are just such an incredible human. So I want to get into the acronym. What do you do to stay mindful? So this is really important, you know, being a mom of a special needs child, you have to like fill your cup and you have to stay grounded and try to, you know, maintain my positivity. And I think when my mind wanders to places of stress and anxiety, I I just try to pause and think to myself, okay, what are three things you're grateful for? Yeah. Just kind of have them roll out of my brain and then just realign my focus. Love that. My mind wanders a lot. You know, I'm doing the dishes or I'm doing, you know, something with Atlas and I can, you know, maybe go to a place where I'm, I'm thinking negatively about something and I just rear it all back in. And I think, oh my gosh, look at my beautiful baby. Look at my beautiful home, my life. And I kind of just shake it off. So I think when my mind wanders, I just pull it back in and, and think about a few things that I'm grateful for in that moment. I love that. That's such a good tip for anyone out there. Cause they say that when you're in the mindset of gratitude, you can't focus on anything else. You can't focus on fear. You can't focus on stress. You can't focus on self-doubt. Like you are just in the moment thinking of what you're grateful for and it just pulls you right back into a positive mindset. And like you said, it's it's as simple as listing three things. That's all you have to do. And I love that. That's so good. I also like if I'm in that space as well, I pick up the phone and I call family or a friend. Yeah. Like, I think that keeps my mind in a good place too. Like it hones me in on the task in hand. So I'll just pick up the phone, talk to my mom, talk to my sister, my best friend real quick. And, you know, anything else that my mind was wandering on is, is a mute point. Yeah. Just having that outlet and somebody to talk to is so nice. Next, how do you listen to your intuition? I know we've touched so much on this, but like on a daily basis, are there things that you're doing to tap into it? I mean, intuition has been like my steer <laughs> through my motherhood journey. My intuition's been so heavy lately, you know, and again, I'll go back to my Pisces thing. Pisces are intuitive, you know, and I think for a while I wasn't listening to myself. Yeah. And now I've listened to myself and I've, I've gotten that confirmation that, you know, these little things going on and thoughts that I have or things that I see or feel like I'm acting on them and I'm, I'm not putting it aside. If I see it, I believe it and I'm, I'm going to take action. So my mother's intuition, you know, with Atlas and everything else, like I've had all the confirmation in the world that I need to listen to it. Definitely. Now. And it seems like you're just such a doer and like you take action immediately. And I love that about you. I think that's such a good quality. Have you always kind of been like that? I think so. 
I don't like to like wallow and worry yeah. and you got to get the job done. Exactly. You know, I, I like to have a plan and I like to, you know, be on course with things. And I think that's how you have an organized, beautiful, and your life is curated in such a more peaceful way. Awesome. What are some of your lifestyle non-negotiables? Just things that you do on a day-to-day basis that make you feel like the best version of yourself? First and foremost, going back to my makeup background, hell would freeze over if I did not have on (laughs) my sunscreen, my brows, my Kevin Aquan Sensual Skin Enhancer, concealer, and a lip liner. Okay. Would those be your go-to five things for makeup? Yes. I love Supergoop's tinted sunscreen. They just came out with like beautiful tinted shades. Amazing. I've been using Sensual Skin Enhancer by Kevin Aquan for probably like a decade. It is gorgeous on the skin at any age. What is that? It's like this little pot of concealer and I swear it's bottomless. It's like, you know, between 40 and $50, but it's never ending. And it just makes the most beautiful, fresh under eye. A lot of artists will use it. It's really, really good. Okay. I showed my hairstylist and she's like, literally you changed my life with it. And I'm like, you're welcome. It's the best concealer. Okay. So it's Kevin Aquan Sensual Skin Enhancer Concealer. Okay. I love me a good lip liner. I love Patrick Ta. I love makeup forever. Have to have lip liner on. Like the makeup is not done without it. Yep. And then I've got to kick it old school with my MAC brow pencil. So awesome. yeah, those are non-negotiables. I, I feel more put together and powerful. Yeah. Look good, feel good. Yeah. And I feel like too, it, it kind of motivates you in a way if you just... If you're kind of just like laying around all day and you don't do your skincare routine and you just like don't brush your hair, it just like, it's so unmotivating. So I think that that's such a good point. If you just take, you know, even just 10 minutes to put on those five things, you can feel like a brand new woman and it changes everything. A hundred percent. And like I said, I'm a full-time mom. Like people might be like, why do you need to do that? Like you're just taking your kid to the park or you're just going to the store. It just makes me feel like ready to take on the day better. Like you said, yeah. you feel more put together. I've been obsessed with my gua sha. I don't know if you gua sha. Yes. Uh, game changer. Fridge or the freezer. I have not tried that. Try it. And I am all about like, I use my under eye pads. That would be another lifestyle non-negotiable. Like yeah. I love me some patchology. So I'm going to try that. That's a great suggestion. It feels so good when it's nice and cold. Oh, because it like closes oh, your pores okay. and it just like, gives you a nice little extra lift because it's nice and cold. It's really nice. We are going to try that tomorrow. That's amazing. I don't know if you've ever done like one side to one side. It's crazy what it does. It yeah. like gets all that fluid down and you're just more chiseled and yeah, it's fantastic. And I take magnesium at night. Yes. My husband knows I've got to take my magnesium at night and I love Symbiotica. I think that's how you say it. Symbiotica? I love their supplements. Symbiotica. Symbiotica. The, um, yeah. Amazing. When I had my cancer, my husband just like bought me a slew of all their of their supplements, and I oh, just—I've heard droppers. so many good things B12, about that brand. So good, so good. Totally has maintained and sustained my health. So yeah, firm believer in that as well. So those are some things that I cannot live without. Yeah, I love that. What brand of magnesium do you use? I actually think you mentioned it on one of your. Is it Mag O Seven? I use. 
I use the Mago 7. <laughs> oh my God, I'm so jealous. I want to be able to use it. It's just so intense for me. And it's so funny. I used it before you were having that conversation with yeah. the guests that, <laughs> you know, you guys were discussing it. And I'm like, it is intense, but for whatever reason, it is like, yeah, I have to take it. My yeah. man is the same way. He has to take it. Like if he's out, he will literally go to the store at 11 o'clock at night and go get his Mago 7 <laughs> because it's like non-negotiable for him. There's just something about it that's so funny. But yeah, that's the exact one I take. That's awesome. Good for you. What's your fitness routine? Because you look absolutely amazing. Your body is just so fit and you're so slim and we got to know what you're doing. Well, I didn't mention this before. I gained 75 pounds with my pregnancy. So it's been a journey. What? Yes, I did. I gained 75 pounds. Oh my Um, gosh. I was insatiably hungry, but that's a whole nother story. And (laughs) I was a vegetarian and then I started eating meat. And I also got married six months postpartum. Oh. Yes. And I I know that we should never put pressure on ourselves and you should take your time, but I kind of like to do things that people tell me I can't do. (laughs) So I got into that wedding dress. (laughs) Say I didn't. Yep. So I love fitness. I actually used to own a yoga and bar studio. I opened that six months after postpartum too. So it's been a wild couple years with motherhood and all that good stuff. But yeah, I, I'm a bar girl. I'm a bar three girl. It embodies everything. There's cardio, there's stretching, there's breathing. It's a great community of women. And, and yeah, I've been doing bar three aside from when I opened my own studio for a few years. The reason I closed it, I'll add, is just motherhood got in the way. I just wanted to focus on my baby. But yeah, I love bar. It embodies everything I love in a workout. And I'm class motivated. So I have to go to a class. Yeah, I get that too. Otherwise, the Peloton's collecting dust in in the other room, you know? (laughs) I hear you on that. I went through a big bar phase where I went a lot. And I have to get back into it. I miss it. I love it so much. I love it. I mean, it's everything. It's like Pilates, yoga, cardio, like all mesh into one. It's such a great workout. And I do a class. I think I go every day at 945. So I just- Oh, that's awesome. Must- do you still play tennis? Because you said that you grew up playing tennis, right? I actually just got back into it. One of our friends, he has a ball machine and he came up from Sedona and he let me borrow it. So I was like nervous to like play with someone else. And it was just more freeing. And I like was like, I still got it. And I was playing with a machine. So I want to get back into it. It's funny you ask. I just literally hit some balls the other day and I was like, okay, I, I still got it. It's a great sport. You can play at any age. Exactly. I love tennis. Yeah. Okay, babe. One last question I ask everyone at the end of every episode is if you could go back in time and give yourself one piece of advice, what would you say to your younger self? I would say be kind to your past self, be kind to your present self and be kind to your future self. That is awesome. And the reason that just came to me is because, you know, if I had taken better care of myself and looked after myself, you know, I think things you do now affect your future, right? So just looking after yourself and being kind to all the phases of your life, it affects you. And I think that was, would be advice that I would give Atlas too. That's probably one of my favorite ones that anyone has ever said because it's oh so, my gosh, it's so simple, but it's like, 
everybody forgets to do it. So I love that. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Just look after yourself and honor, honor yourself in the different stages of your life. Yeah. So. Oh my gosh, you are incredible. I am so glad that you reached out to me. <laughs> How cool of it that you had me on your show. Like, I'm a listener. Like I already listened to this morning. Really? Um, Yay! Yes, I did. I listened to it while I was doing my makeup. I <gasps> yeah, I really, really enjoy it. So you just you bring so much to the table and thank you. I, I take away something from every guest that you have on. So I can only hope the same, you know, with our conversation today. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Thank you so much for being here and agreeing to do this and be open and vulnerable and sharing your story. I know it must not be very easy. I mean, that's very admirable of you. And yes, people are going to be able to take away so many great things from this episode. I mean, yeah, you are absolutely amazing. You're just like a ray of sunshine. You're like a sun in a jar. Like <laughs> I know. Oh my god. I love it. Yes. Sun in a jar. Oh. Sun in a jar. Well That's so cute. Oh my god. I have to tell my husband that. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, babe. Give Atlas a huge hug from me. Hopefully him and Hunter oh, can meet someday. I know. We have some friends in Arizona too, so maybe if we are ever in that area, cool. I'll I'll let you know. But thank I you again. Yes. And we will Stay in touch. Yes. Awesome. Thank you, Cherokee. Thank you all for listening to the show. I hope you gained some insight on how to practice becoming more mindful, learn the importance of listening to your intuition, gain some lifestyle takeaways and fitness tips. You can find me on Instagram at Cherokee Luker and the podcast at MILF Bod Pod. So make sure you follow me to access exclusive content to help you become a better you, a better mother, and a better human. Talk to you guys next week about all things MILF.